Welcome to Fusion Church's Sermon of the Week. Fusion Church is located in Wakanda, Illinois. We exist to complete and multiply people who passionately follow Christ. For more information, visit www.fusionchurch.com. Let's dive into this week's sermon. Uh, we uh, tonight are going to continue to dive into our, our series on the Beatitudes. I'm going to ask Johnny, are you ready? All right, come on up, man. John's going to read. So Jacob, make sure this guy's on. How you doing, buddy? All right. That's all yours. You want me to hold it or you got it? All right, he's going to read for us a couple of the Beatitudes. Now when Jesus saw the crowds went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger for thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. That's good, man. Thank you, John. Woo-hoo! Give him a hand. You can go ahead. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate that so much. Yeah, we love having our kid kiddos here involved. Kids, we just want to remind you that this is not just for your parents. You're not just alongside of them. This is for you. And I know that sitting and listening like this may not be your favorite thing, but Jesus has something for you in this too. And so, uh, so that's why we're trying to include some of the kids as much as we can. So today, we're just going to focus for a couple minutes on this idea that blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. So just as a reminder, Jesus has been telling his people that there is a category of people who are blessed. Or we've kind of said, we've unpacked that word, that it doesn't mean exactly blessed. It means something like happy, but not quite happy. It means something a little bit more than that. That word that was originally there where it says blessed actually means like in the most favored position. So it should bring you joy. Like even if you can't see it, that's the idea here. So imagine you were in last place. Or imagine you thought you were in last place, but really you are in first place. That's kind of what Jesus is saying, is it might feel like you're in last place, but really you're in first place in the kingdom of God. And he says, okay, well, who fits that category? He says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Now let's think about this for just a brief second together. It would not make much sense for us to say that those who are really hungry and really thirsty, that they are blessed, right? If you just think about it, forget the second half of the verse for a second, and just think about how weird it would be to think, to say that, man, if you're really starving, you're really blessed. That's the opposite of what we think about when we think about being blessed. We think people who are blessed are people who have what they want. And actually, these words, when they're put together in the Bible, hunger and thirst, or hungry and thirsty, they work together like a pair, that when you see those words together, it means really, really hungry and really, really thirsty. It means I am absolutely desperate for something. So that makes even less sense, doesn't it? That you're really, you're really blessed if you're desperate for something. That seems to make even less sense, that you would be blessed if you were desperate for something. But it's all about what you are desperate for 
And it's all about the promise that comes in that desperation. So that's how we're going to just unpack this. So uh, it, what are you hungry for? And what is the promise that's coming? You know, when you're really, really hungry or really, really thirsty, it's all you can think about. Uh, I, I said before, and I know some of you have been binge watching alone during the pandemic. And if you don't know what the, uh, that show is, basically, it's all about people who go live by themselves alone in the woods for long periods of time. And they don't have any food or supplies other than survival kinds of things. And this amazing thing happens that when they start to run out of food or they can't get clean water to drink, it's all they can think about is food. They wake up thinking about food. They, they, they go to sleep thinking about food. It becomes this drive in them that it's the only thing kind of keeping them going is this desire to have food or this desire to have water. When you're really, really hungry, it gets all of your attention. Have you ever been that hungry, like hangry hungry? I know know some kids here who have been hangry hungry. I have been there before when it's all you can think about is food. So let's think about what it is that we're supposed to be hungry about and then what is that promise. So he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Righteousness. Now righteousness is a churchy religious word that we don't hear a lot. You know, when is the last time that you were just having like a normal conversation not related to church and you use the word righteousness? Probably never. It's just not a word that we use a lot. And actually, it's a word that's used a lot in the Bible from the very beginning in Genesis all the way through the Bible. And depending on the context and who's saying it and what's it all about, it, it has a similar kind of meaning throughout, but it can mean some unique things if you kind of follow the thread of Scripture as to what does this word righteousness means. And believe me, there are like whole books written on what is righteousness. It's like a really, really deep topic. So I'm going to give it to you in like two minutes. So there's much more that could be said on this topic, but here's the way that helps me think about it. Righteousness is anything that aligns with God's design and God's desires. Righteousness is anything that aligns with God's design and God's desire. So let me unpack that for just a second. God is all good all the time. He is all loving all the time. He is all compassionate all the time. He is all just all the time. He is all merciful all the time. He is always holy all the time. And that's God's design. It's who he is. Actually, the Bible says God is love. He's so loving that you call him love. It's like love is his name. Like God is love. And God acts in accordance with his design. So he has desires that, that conform to who he is. So what does that tell us? God is always righteous. He's always righteous. There's never a moment where God is acting out of character for himself. He is always loving, always just, always merciful, always kind. And that is really good news for you and me. I'm glad God doesn't have bad days. Where he's like, yeah, I'm going to take this one off. I'm kind of mad at my kids today. Like, that's just not how God operates. It's not who he is. God is always righteous. He always acts in accordance. He always acts in alignment with who he is. But the people of God, the people that God created, we are meant to be righteous as well. So we are meant to have our conduct and our lives align with God's desires and align. 
align with God's design. So we are righteous when we do that, when our actions, when our thoughts, when our motives align with God's desires and with God's design. Make sense? Now, again, this is a very, very simplistic idea, but it's the basic idea underneath all of the ideas of righteousness. Of righteousness. So let me unpack this a little bit more. You can be righteous toward God, meaning my uh, desires, my heart, my actions are, are in alignment with him, toward him, or we can be righteous in our actions towards each other, meaning that I've acted with justice and righteousness and peace and love and kindness towards my friends or towards my family. And it goes both ways. It's both vertical and horizontal. So we love God and we love people, right? What does Jesus say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That is the epitome of righteousness, loving God and loving people. And God wants us not just to be a way that describes what we do, but he wants it to be a way that describes who we are at our core, that we are righteous internally. And what's more, not just that we are righteous personally, but that we desire righteousness to fill the whole earth, that we want the whole world to align with God's design and God's desires. Does that make sense? That's true righteousness. And so we have a personal desire that we're meant to have for personal righteousness, but then we have a big picture universal desire for righteousness where we want to see the whole world made an alignment with God's heart and God's design. We should want that. So when the Bible says, or when Jesus says here, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, here's what he's saying, that people who want at the core of their being to align with my design and my desires, those people are blessed and those people will be filled. Those people who want personally to be more righteous, to have more godliness, more holiness, more love, more peace, more joy, more justice, more mercy in their lives. Those people who hunger and thirst for that personally, you're hungry and you are desperate for it. You want more of it in your life. Those people are blessed because you will be filled. And more than that, actually, Jesus is talking here not about just that personal kind of righteousness, but those who want to see God's righteousness over all of the earth. So it's those who hunger and thirst, not just for personal righteousness, but say, God, I want to see the whole world. I want to see every person conforming to your will. I want to see every person in alignment with who you are. I mean, can you imagine a better scenario than that? Everyone you know, loving God, loving neighbor. Guess what? If every person on planet earth did that right now, guess what? This world is a very different place. Doesn't that, isn't it funny how simple that is? You would think we could get that right, right? Love God, love people, end of the story. But the reality is it's much harder to do that than what we think. Most of us don't hunger and thirst for righteousness either for ourselves or for the world. We hunger and thirst for all kinds of other things other than righteousness. So we hunger and thirst for extra time off or more time away or something that I'm pursuing in my life that I really want, a new car, a new house, a new spouse, a new child. There's all different kinds of things that we can hunger and thirst for. But the thing that Jesus says that we should hunger and thirst for more than anything else we could desire is righteousness. That we should, we should long for that personally 
and we should long for that corporately. And let me give you an example of what this, what this looks like. We should have an internal desire in our heart to grow in holiness. That Look, I, I, wanna, I want you right now to not be confused about anything. Jesus' goal for your life is that you would become more like him in every way. I don't know what other goals you think Jesus has for you, but his goal for your life is that you would become more like him in every way. That is the essence of becoming more righteous, to walk like Jesus walked. That's his, desi- that's his heart, and that's his desire for you, and it's meant to be like that over everything. And then we should desire and want for his kingdom to come in righteousness over the whole earth. But righteousness, personal righteousness, and global righteousness is different than just being a good person, personally. And it's different than just seeking justice on the earth. Let me use that as a clear example. Right now, in our world, is a strong cry for justice. There are many injustices happening around the world, and there is a cry and a desire for injustice, or a a cry and a desire for justice. And God's people should desire justice. Actually, if you go read the second half of the Old Testament, all the prophets, one of the things that the people of God are in the biggest trouble for is the injustices that they perpetuate in in the family of God. So we should desire justice too, but actually the people of God are required to go beyond just justice to pursue righteousness. Righteousness includes justice, but righteousness goes beyond justice. It's not just about reckoning the scales. It's about reconciling things after the scales have been reckoned. I think you need to hear this again, church. We are called to go beyond justice to pursue righteousness. We are called to be ministers of reconciliation. That is who you are. That's who God's called us to be. So God, we should desire the reconciliation of all things. That scripture that I read in Ephesians should be our heartbeat. It should pound in our chest to say, God, we want that too. We want all things to come under unity under you. We want everything, everyone to be revealed who you really are. That is righteousness. It includes justice, but it goes beyond justice to righteousness, where we're not just evening the scales, but we're reconciling all things together. Are you guys following me? Are you alive? I'm just making sure. That should be our heart. We have to pursue righteousness. Justice is getting what we deserve. Righteousness is getting what we deserve and then mercy on top of mercy on top of mercy on top of mercy on top of mercy. That's righteousness. That's God's character and his bent and his posture toward us. So we have to hunger for righteousness. We should want to see the world transformed to the image of Jesus. We should, that prayer, God, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, should be the most important prayer that we pray every day. Because if that actually happens, guess what? All of the problems that, are, that every politician in the world is seeking to settle are, is resolved, right? When that healing of the kingdom of God comes, all of those things fade into the background because the people of God are acting like the people of God. So we should long for that personally because we want to be a part of that kingdom. And then we should long for that in a universal way. And so here's what Jesus says, you are blessed if you hunger and thirst for that righteousness. Why? Because number one, your heart aligns with God's heart. You're blessed because guess what? You want the same thing that God wants. And that is a good thing. That's a good thing for everybody. 
But two, there's a promise that you will be filled. There's a promise that the thing that you desire in your heart, God desires to give to you. Isn't it a beautiful thing when what you want for Christmas is what your parents want to give you for Christmas and those things align? Like, you know what I'm talking about? Have you had those moments where you just really wanted something for Christmas and your parents like knew that you wanted it and then that Christmas morning, boom, you actually got that thing? I mean, it doesn't happen all the time. When it happens, it's awesome. Well, guess what? This is like God's Christmas present to us. He desires that we desire righteousness. And so when we desire what he desires, we actually get it. That's awesome. Here's what this means for us practically. Practically, here's what this means. We can actually grow in righteousness. It's actually possible for us to do that. Why? Because God knew we were completely incapable of actually fulfilling this thing on our own. So he sends his son Jesus to be God's righteousness for us. It's the righteousness of God, God's character on display by sending his own son to earth to reveal what God is really like. And so Jesus takes the place on the cross for our sins. He lives the full uh, life filled of godliness, never sins, like a, like a lamb without blemish, the scripture says. He's led to the slaughter. He dies for our sins, and then his blood completely covers us so that, guess what? You are a saint of God. This is a ridiculous claim of our scripture that you are a saint, that you are in every way as clean as Jesus, that from head to toe, your sins have been covered and washed away, that whatever righteousness he has, you now have because you have been adopted into the family of God. So you don't have to bear your shame and guilt anymore. So all the ways that you feel unrighteousness, guess what? God says, that's okay, it's been dealt with. So once that issue has been settled, we get to stop trying so hard to do all the right things and drum up our own righteousness. And instead we get to say, you know what? God, you've made me new. Help me walk in this newness of life that looks more and more like Jesus. And I'm here to tell you today that there are things I used to desire I don't desire anymore. There are things in my heart that aren't in my heart anymore because God is growing me in righteousness because he's conforming me to the image of the son. And my guess is that you have experienced that too. If you are the kind of person you could say, I have left behind some old desires that I used to have. God has set me free of those things and I'm pursuing more of him. Raise your hand. I just want to see. Look at this, people. This is awesome. God is good, right? And if you've experienced that in one area of your life, you can experience that in every area of your life. So go, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, you will be filled. If you don't want to struggle with that sin in your life anymore, I have good news for you. You don't have to struggle with it. You don't have to struggle with it. That's a topic for another day. I want to go into some stuff right now. I can't go into But if you're saying, hey, help me understand that, come and talk to me. We'll pray. We're going to pursue holiness, righteousness before God, hunger in your life, hunger and thirst for righteousness. So we're made righteousness through Je righteous through Jesus, and we get to pursue that more and more. And as we do that, we grow in our hunger to see God do that on the whole earth. Here's how you know you're becoming more like Jesus, is do you have his heart and his desire for the whole world? Do you have his heart and his desire for the whole world? It's good to desire your own personal righteousness. It's good to desire growing in holiness on your own, becoming more like Jesus. It's better to do that and desire that his kingdom come on the whole earth, right? 
And that's the kind of kingdom when Jesus said that I've come to bring this kingdom and, and, and make sure that you have an abundant life. That's what he's talking about. It wasn't so that Christians could sit in a building and sing good songs and feel really good about their community. It was so that the holiness of God would be released through his people on the face of the earth. I'm not angry. I'm excited about what the transformation can happen when the people of God are the people of God. When, generos- when there's no lid on our generosity, when there's no lid on our self-sacrifices, when, when there's no issue of time that I have to give to the kingdom of God, I'm so excited about that I can't stand it. And I think that God wants you to move in that hunger and that desire, and he wants me to move in that hunger and that desire for more righteousness to come on the earth. He wants a moral revolution in our hearts and our people. He knows that our culture and that our society and that our world has turned its back on him, and he's calling us back home. It starts with the people of God. It starts with the people of God. So let me just simply ask you this. Would you say that you hunger and thirst for righteousness? Do you hunger and thirst for righteousness? Is a longing of your heart to become more like Jesus? Do you hunger and thirst for righteousness for the world? Do you, is it a longing of your heart that God would make all things new around you? Is that a longing in your heart? If so, you are blessed. If so, you're blessed. And maybe it's only there a sliver. Maybe there's just only a thread of it. Maybe you haven't fully experienced that yet, but it's right there. Let me just say, all you have to say, God, is would you just help me desire more of you? I know it seems silly to say, God, help me want more of you, but there are some silly prayers in the Bible. Like, I believe, help my unbelief. You ever read that one? That's a, that's a silly prayer. Here's my prayer. God, I'm hungry, but make me more hungry for you so that nothing else satisfies me, so that nothing else feels like it fulfills. I don't want anything to pacify this desire in me. God, I want more of you. I think that's what he's wanting to stir up in us. It's okay if you're not there now, but let's start moving in that direction. Maybe you're not starving for, for, for righteousness, but maybe there's just this little inkling that says, I just want a little bit more of you, Jesus. Man, he will take that, God, I want a little bit more of you and run with it in your life. If there was any area of your life right now where you say, God, I could use a sense of your righteousness in this area of my life. Just confess that to the Lord right now. Actually, go ahead. If you could, just just pause. Just bow your head. And if you feel like there's any area of your life, you say, man, I just feel like this is an area of my life where I feel like I need to grow in righteousness. I need to align my heart more with God's design and his desires. Then just confess it right now. Jesus, this is, this is out of design with you. And maybe you're feeling a little apathetic. Maybe you're feeling so, like, satisfied, like when you, when you eat all day long on Thanksgiving and you're never quite hungry because <laughs> you, you've just been eating all day. Maybe you've just been filling yourself up with stuff so there's no hunger or there, there's no thirst there anymore. And I just want to believe that God wants to renew that hunger and that thirst in you. He wants to stir up a desire for righteousness. 
not because he wants something more from you so much as he wants to give more of himself to you. And he's so kind and he's so loving and he's so merciful that he won't give you more than you want from him. That is an incredible, awesome God. He won't force himself on you and give you more of him than what you want with him. So if you could just say, just begin to open yourself up, say, God, I just want more of you here in this life. It's not because he, he wants more from you. He doesn't need anything for you. He satisfied everything on the cross already. You can't earn any more righteousness in your life than he's already giving you. It's not possible, but you can hunger and thirst for more of him in your life. And he desires to give you more of that. So just to say, God, I've just confessed it now. I've just become a little apathetic. I've become a little satiated in life. And here's how I know change begins to happen in my life. Not just that I'm disturbed about the things that are in my life, but I feel like God begins to put a hunger in my heart for something positive on the other side, something beautiful on the other side. So, so I want you right now just to say, God, would you help me see in my mind what it would look like to hunger and thirst for righteousness? Help me see it. Show me what that might look like to hunger and thirst for righteousness. You know, I think, that, I think that maybe sometimes we need to confront the lie I'm trying to think of the right way to say it Lord, just, just give me permission to say what you want There's a temptation to not be zealous or hungry for, or for fear that we won't be satisfied or that we will look foolish. There's a fear that we won't be satisfied or that we will look foolish. All I know to do is to take Jesus at his promise, and he says, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. And every promise that God has spoken to me, he has fulfilled. So all I can do is invite you on this faith journey with me to take God as his word and say that if you hunger for more, he will give you more. Just take him at his word. And then here's the other thing. I think that maybe, maybe being a little foolish is the right thing right now. Maybe looking a little silly and putting ourselves out there with an incredible hunger and a thirst for God is just the right thing right now. I just don't want to waste my life playing it safe. How about you? I don't want to waste my life playing it safe. I don't want to look back and feel like I left it on the table when I could have gone after all that God has for me. And the more I pursue him, the thing I discover is the more joy, the more satisfaction I have, and the less I care about other things that seem to be so important to me. And man, oh, oh man, that's a sermon for another day. This word that says satisfied or filled, 
actually it's the same word that if you stuffed yourself to where you can't fit anything else in, it's that end of the day at Thanksgiving where you've been eating all day long and you can't eat another bite of turkey, another bite of pie. That's what Jesus is saying is on offer for us. It's something that we can experience some of this in this life, but it's actually something that we ultimately will experience in the life to come. That there will be a always satisfied feeling in our heart. But it starts with hunger and thirsting right now. If you're feeling like, man, there's some stuff here that this is stirring up and I don't know quite what to do with it. I would love to pray for you. I'd love to help process. Actually, one of the things that we were praying for before the service tonight is we felt like, you know what? It, look, let's just be honest. This is weird. This is nice. But this is weird. You are a million feet away from me. You're wearing sunglasses and I'm wearing sunglasses. And it's just weird, right? But God's presence is here and his spirit is here as much out here as it is in there. So let's come with an expectation that God wants to meet us when we gather here, whether I'm in a lawn chair or in a church chair whether I'm in my car or whether I'm standing up. And so before we gathered to the gather tonight, a few of us were just kind of listening and praying, and we felt like maybe God really wanted us to pray for some people. So tonight, if you came, uh, I, I hope that you came with an expectation that God would do something for you or in you, and we would just love to pray for you tonight. So if you have anything that you need prayer for, this is still our church. We are still the family of God. We still believe that we, God can use prayer and that we can pray for people, all right? So I don't want you to leave this place without receiving prayer. If you feel like, man, I could usually, use, I really need a word of encouragement, we would love to give you a word of encouragement. We'd love to pray and listen on your behalf. If you're feeling any kind of physical ailment whatsoever, hips, knees, or some things that are highlighted for me, we would just love to pray for you. We want to experience the fullness of the kingdom of God right here, not just wait for it one day. I'm not waiting. I'm not waiting. I want it all right now. I hope you do too. I love you, friends. And I hope that you have a great week. Leave your offering if you've got your offering. We hope that you were encouraged by this week's sermon. For more information, visit us at our website, www.fusionchurch.com, or you could find us on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great week.